Does your child have a bad habit? If so, you want to help them. For example, a dad at the Great Homeschool Convention approached me for help in getting his four-year-old daughter to stop sucking her thumb. This is the Homeschool Sanity Show, the episode where I will share tips for helping a child of any age break a bad habit. I'm Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschool mom and curriculum author. And this is the podcast helping you wave goodbye to worry and say hello to a happy homeschool. Hey, homeschoolers. Moms.com lists 10 bad habits parents should help their kids kick right away. They are number one, talking with food in their mouth. Number two, picking their nose. Number three, not putting things away. Number four, belching in public. Number five, not covering their mouth when they cough. Number six, leaving dirty clothes on the floor. Number seven, wiping their hands on their clothes. Number eight, not drinking enough water. Number nine, procrastinating. And number 10, too much screen time. Can you relate to any of these? There are some things that I think we should do before we set about helping a child break a bad habit. First, we want to make sure that it is worth changing the habit. My husband, for example, still bites his nails. And I can honestly tell you that nothing terrible has happened to him because he has that bad habit. However, with the family that approached me at the convention, having a thumb sucker in an older child can result in crooked teeth, and it had already done some damage to the placement of this child's teeth. So we want to make sure that this is something that is truly necessary to change and not just a preference, because as we will see as we go along, it is a labor of love to help a child change a bad habit. Next, you want to check your anxiety level. For example, if you have struggled to change a bad habit of your own, it may be coming out in anxiety around the whole habit change process to your child. In that case, your child will sense the anxiety and be anxious on her own because you're anxious. She may think, I can't control this thumb sucking. And if my parents can't control it, who can? I am in trouble. So we want to make sure that we are not disproportionately anxious about our child's bad habit and our ability to help them break it. Next, we want to make sure that we are not engaged in a power struggle with our strong-willed child. So often we make a bad habit of our child's a hill to die on. And so this relates to the first issue that I said we had to address, and that is make sure that it is worth 
changing the habit. So if it's not really that important and we have a strong-willed child, we're going to want to let that go and focus on the most important issues that we have in our homeschools and in our homes before we engage in a habit-changing process. If you determine that the habit is, in fact, worth working on, you want to help your child change it, you are feeling relaxed about it and confident in your ability to help your child break that habit, and you know that you are not in a power struggle with a strong-willed child, you will want to begin by tracking the habit. So we don't want to tell our child, hey, I'm going to write down every time you suck your thumb. Every time you procrastinate, we don't want to alert our child that that is what we are doing, but we do need to have that data. Otherwise, we won't know if our efforts are making any difference at all. Many times I spoke with parents who were working on a child's bad habit, and they would tell me that nothing they had tried had been successful, but they didn't really know if anything they were doing was having some small effect because they hadn't tracked the data on that behavior. So without alerting your child, you want to get a baseline of the behavior. When is it happening? When? What time of day? Or what has preceded the behavior? So if your daughter is sucking her thumb, does she do it right before bedtime? That would be a typical time to have your daughter um, who is uh, dealing with a thumb-sucking habit to be exhibiting the behavior. And then after you have tracked when with each instance that you observe, you want to track where it is happening. Does she suck her thumb in a particular spot in her bed in a particular chair. And I would consider where to be with any other objects that she has around her. So if she always sucks her thumb or frequently sucks her thumb while holding a particular blanket or a particular stuffed animal, you would want to make note of that as well. And then you also want to note the child's mental state at the time. Is your child tired? Is your child anxious, fearful? Is your child bored? And what is happening in your child's emotional state when that bad habit is being exhibited? So you will want to record instances of it when you are available to see it. But if you are if it's the kind of thing that maybe happens when you're not necessarily with your child, you should set a regular tracking schedule. So you could check your child every hour, every two hours, um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, observe when your child is doing the behavior so that you can get a good baseline. After you have been tracking, and you're going to want to track for a longer period of time for behaviors that are less frequent, then you're going to want to evaluate the data and look for associations. Oh, I notice that every time my daughter does not get a nap, she is sucking her thumb more often. 
So, hmm, that is interesting. So we might need to make sure that she is getting her nap so she isn't overtired and then using her thumb to help her get to sleep or to for comfort, for example. After you have tracked and you have that baseline data, you're going to want to get your child on board. You want your child to buy into the process. There is no sense, just as a psychologist isn't going to try to change a client's behavior without that client truly wanting that change and to participate in making that change happen, there is no point in you working to change a child's behavior where there is no buy-in, there is no motivation to change the habit. So first, you want to get that motivation. And so here is what I would do for a child who is a thumbsucker. We're using that as our example. You could show your daughter pictures of kids who sucked their thumb long long term and as a result had very crooked teeth. Their teeth are jutting forward because the thumb has been in the mouth so much that the teeth are growing outward uh, to accommodate the thumb. And, you know, you want to draw attention to the fact that that does not look good. And not only does it not look good, but it's going to make it difficult for your child to eat properly without those teeth being in proper position. Then one of my favorite strategies is to use story to engage kids and get them on board. So look for storybooks on the bad habit that you are trying to help your child break. So I looked up picture books, thumb sucking, and then I looked for books that had the highest ratings. And what I came up with was the book Thumbs Up Brown Bear. It gets great reviews from parents of thumb suckers, and you can find it on Amazon. If you cannot find a storybook for the particular bad habit that you are wanting to help your child break, I recommend that you write your own story with your child. Now, how on earth are you supposed to do that if you're not a writer? It's actually very simple. The main character in the story would be your child. And then you would describe the bad habit that your child has and the negative consequences. So those consequences could be things like um, mom is unhappy, uh, dad is concerned that uh, braces and expensive dental work will be required because the child's teeth are um, out of place. And, uh, you know, whatever the bad habit is, you would describe the negative consequences of it. And I would suggest writing it in a funny way, but making it realistic to your family and the consequences that are occurring. Then you would have your your main character in the story decide that he or she wants to change the bad habit. And have your child try something in the story initially that seems like it's working, but then it doesn't working. So choose carefully. Don't, don't choose something that is not going to be a good long-term strategy. So for example, um, you could have your child in the story saying that they're just not going to do it ever again, <laughs> that they're just, they promise that they're not going to do it. And then, uh-oh, in goes the thumb again without them even thinking. And then in the story, you can talk about how 
habits can be difficult to break, but it is possible to do it. And so the main character, your child in the story, just needed some help in order to break the habit, more than just a determination to break the habit. And then, of course, you want the story to have a happy ending by suggesting the good strategies that we know help to uh, break habits in general. And I'm going to talk about those in a bit. Now, if you have a teen who has a bad habit, you are not going to want to find a picture book, most likely. Instead, what you will want to do is look for workbooks that are written specifically to teens on the topic. There are excellent, excellent workbooks out there, uh, for example, on procrastination. If you have a child who has ADHD and is a poor planner, poor time manager, that would be an excellent thing to do. I have done that with my own son, is had them work through a book that speaks to them directly and helps them to change a bad habit. Once you have your child on board in breaking the habit, then you're going to want to look for an alternate behavior. Many times we want to, even in ourselves, just eliminate the bad habit without replacing it. And we don't pick up bad habits unless it is meeting some sort of need. So we should choose an alternate behavior that doesn't have the negative consequences like teeth jutting out for a thumb sucker that will also meet the needs. So this little girl may be using thumb sucking for comfort. What could your thumb sucking child use for comfort instead of her thumb? I was actually a thumb sucker at this same age as this little girl. I was four years old. And one of the things I had just become habituated to having my hand near my mouth, but what I did, and I didn't have really any direction on this, but it was comforting to me to have my hand near my mouth. I probably had, well, in fact, I know I had a blanket at the time as well. And what I started to do was to put my thumb underneath my chin, but still have my hand near my mouth. And it gave me that same feeling of comfort without damaging my teeth. Another need that your child may have with this bad habit is attention. Now, I noticed as this father was talking to me about his daughter's thumb sucking that she proudly popped her thumb into her mouth as he was talking. So it is possible that our kids are looking for attention with this bad behavior. And it's hard for us to understand as adults, but kids don't really differentiate between negative attention and positive attention. All attention is positive where many kids are concerned. And so if they can have your full attention by engaging in their bad habit, then they'll go for it. And so how can we fill that need for attention so that the thumb sucking isn't being exhibited as often? So that could be 
I need to spend special one-on-one time with my child, uh, depending on the child and how many kids you have. Um, that might be every day, just having 10 to 15 minutes that is quality time where I am only focused on my child and we're having a good time together. So that would be something to consider to fill your child's need that they are looking for with the bad habit. Next, we would like to choose an alternate behavior that not just fills the need, but also interferes with the bad habit. This father told me that he had tried the nail polish that just tastes terrible. I have honestly never heard that that method has worked. Uh, Typically, what a thumbsucker will do is suck all that or chew all of that nasty tasting polish off so that they can continue engaging in it. Because it's not the, obviously, it's not the taste that our kids are after when they're sucking their thumb. Instead, we need to choose something that doesn't allow them to engage in this bad habit. And so one of the things that I was thinking of for this uh, family was to give their daughter chewing gum. I would choose sugar-free gum. You know, no, gum isn't great for kids' teeth, but if it's sugar-free and it it would help her to break that habit of chewing, I mean, chewing, sucking on her thumb, then I think that is an excellent option to try. So this is what I would do. Every time, and I would tell my daughter that this is what we were going to do. I would encourage her to use this kind of a motion where my thumb is under my chin and my my hand is near my mouth. But then if I caught her sucking her thumb, I would give her a piece of gum to chew. And it would keep her from, you cannot (laughs) suck your thumb while you're chewing gum. And it might transfer whatever need is being filled, or it might just even be just a, a reflexive habit now. The chewing gum would be a good transition from the thumb sucking, and your child is not going to continue chewing gum as often as they are sucking their thumb. That habit, I think, would be easier to break once we find something else that fills the need and also we're chewing the gum to interfere with the thumb sucking. The next step in helping your child break a bad habit is to choose rewards and not punishments in general. The reason is that because, as I've said, we have a child who is meeting a need with a behavior that has some um, negative consequences and It's not, having a bad habit is not a character flaw. It's just something that has been rewarded and has become reflexive and natural. And we we know this from ourselves. And, And the more that we make it a character flaw, moral type issue, the more likely we are to have a child who will dig in her heels and refuse because our kids want to feel loved and appreciated and they don't want to be labeled as bad kids who need to be punished every time the thumb goes in the mouth or uh, belching happens at the table. Okay, so instead of punishments, we want to focus on rewards unless 
we are talking about natural consequences. So, for example, I listed at the beginning from the moms.com article the procrastinating. Procrastinating has natural consequences, and we should absolutely allow those natural consequences to occur and even continue to talk about them and how much they really are not pleasant. (laughs) Um, So we can tell our procrastinating child, you know, that must have really been stressful for you having to stay up late and worry that you didn't have your work done. So that is that is not only acceptable to use natural consequences, but it is preferable to use those and to even um, draw attention to those natural consequences. In the case of thumb sucking, we have the natural consequence of the teeth uh, moving out and what can happen if that doesn't get corrected. So what kinds of rewards should we choose to help a child break a bad habit? First, my favorite is to choose random rewards. If you choose just one simple reward that you give every single time, for example, you don't see your daughter sucking her thumb while she is sitting on the chair where she normally does it, if you give her a quarter every time, she may be tired of that and unmotivated by that after a short period of time. It will be exciting at first and effective at first, but with time, it will probably lose its appeal. So random rewards help to avoid that habituation to a reward. And if you get your child to help you come up with a list of rewards that she could earn by not engaging in the habit, she is more likely to be motivated. I am going to give you an app, a couple of apps that you can use to randomly choose rewards for your child. But you could also, instead of an app, you could also list rewards on slips of paper, fold them up, put them into a jar, or you could have a list, a paper list that is posted to keep your child motivated and then roll dice in order for your child to get a random reward. So random Fantastic. An intermediate reward is also a good choice for some kids. You want to take your child's developmental maturity into account, and you also want to just pay attention to how they feel about these intermediate rewards. Well, what is an intermediate reward? I've already mentioned one of them, and that's money. A coin is not a reward in and of itself. It's only a reward because of what you can do with it. So if you don't want to use money as a reward, you can use tickets. I have purchased those wheels of tickets that they use for events, and I have given those to my kids. I like to give them something tangible when you're going to use an intermediate reward because I think it's more engaging and motivating than just being told, okay, you earned 50 cents and have that go onto their app, especially with younger kids. So you can choose a random or an intermediate reward, but whatever you choose, you should be aiming for small improvement. 
I asked this dad what he was doing as far as rewards, and he told me that if his daughter went 25 days without sucking her thumb, she would earn some big reward. I don't recall what he said. And I immediately knew what the problem was. Our kids developmentally are not able to look that far into the future and be motivated. It might as well have been for a four-year-old 25 years (laughs) from now. So the younger the child, the shorter the period of time or the smaller the number of instances you want them to go before giving them a reward or it will not work. And this is just human nature. We know this from ourselves too. If I said, you know, if you exercise every day for three months, I'm going to give you $100. You'll, you'll probably lose motivation. I don't, I don't know how much you need $100, <laughs> but you'll probably lose motivation because it's too far. It's too much to have to do in order to earn that reward. So do take that into account. Then what you're going to want to do is track your child's results. Continue to track the way you have at the beginning of your habit change process and see how your child is doing. I would make that that tracking, now that your child knows what's going on, I would make that tracking visible for the whole family so that there are rewards and just a little fun trick that you could try if you have other kids, if with the posted results that your child has, if another child really praises and compliments your child who is working on this behavior change, I would give that child a reward as well because we want this to be a very positive, supportive environment to help you make change. Be consistent over enough period of time and pray with your child and you're highly likely to have success. However, if you are frustrated and you're not making the progress that you think you should be, I do recommend that you consult a psychologist, a pediatrician, or a dentist for help. To find the links to the resources that I've mentioned in this episode, visit the show notes. You can find them at homeschoolsanity.com slash break habit. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me on the journey to homeschool sanity. I would love to continue the conversation. You can find me on social media at homeschool sanity. And if you haven't heard it lately, let me remind you, you're doing a great job. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.